This is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to Start the World. My first guest today is Pat Stedman. He's a dating relationship coach. You can find him at patstedman.com. And uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, what he does for a living, but a lot more as well. Pat, thanks for coming on the show. Jack, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. All right. So first, let explain to everybody what you do, because uh, I think they'll probably confuse you with like a pickup artist or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm a dating relationship coach for men. And right. like a lot of guys, I did come through the pickup artist community initially. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that one of the things that's very different for me is I balance that out. I got very much, I've kind of like balanced the pickup manosphere world with some of the more like authenticity kind of even, even straight into some of like the, the sort of hippie stuff circles out like I've always just I'm very curious guy so I've, I've had my foot in a lot of different communities over the years and I've been trying to basically discover this is my my goal for a long time trying to understand what attraction is in a, in a in a macro level because you have all these different people who claim like well this is attractive this is attractive this isn't attractive but often they're contradictory to each other and yet they do seem to work for these respective groups. So I was trying to figure out what the different contexts were that something would be attractive for one, for one group because what they were saying was true maybe on some level. And then what's, what another group was saying about it was true on a different level. So I've, I've created like an integrated theory, I suppose you could say, of, of attraction. And aside from the work I've done with guys on dating, I'm married and within my own relationship, relationship went down to the depths at a certain point, to the point where we were at the, the brink of divorce. And so I also had the benefit of, of seeing a relationship go down to its basically bottom and then rebuilding it from there. It's very like a holistic, I suppose you could say, idea of, of male-female relationships just across the spectrum, which I think is useful because but you have a lot is guys who do dating and they get dating, but if they get a relationship, they get out of the industry entirely, or a lot of them don't get out of the industry. Or you have people who are in relationships and they never really fully understood dating. They may have gotten a relationship and, and that was all they knew. So I think it's been kind of good for me that I've had this balanced experience. So, so yeah, I help guys with it. And I guess you could say I'm mostly based in the corner of the manosphere these days, but kind of do a little bit of my own thing there. Right, right. Um, I mean, what do, what do guys come to you for? I mean, to, to, can you give me some examples? Yeah, well, Jack, it ranges the spectrum. So you have guys, you know, sort of classic story, guy has a hard time going up and approaching girls, meeting women, uh, gets very much in his head. So... I'll address that on a tactical level, but one of the things that I do that I think quite well is doing a lot of deep psychology work and dealing with limiting beliefs and um, just big, basically bad mental patterns. Like every new client that comes in the door, we get on a three hour call. And that, I mean, we go through their entire life history, relationship with parents, and you find a lot that these guys, they have issues with their fathers, uh, which holds back their deeper self-esteem and orientation around women. So you have some of that. You have guys who are in relationships and the relationship is just 
on the rocks, kind of falling down to the, they're near the, near the point of divorce, very unsatisfying dynamic. And so for those guys, it's basically our, well, one of the prerequisites of working with a guy in that situation is that you're not there to save the marriage because that doesn't, that's not the mindset you want to have. Right. But you're basically trying to get the relationship you want. And maybe it's with that woman, maybe it's not. But that's the objective in mind. So if they agree to that, that they're willing to perhaps lose it, then we work on that and, and building up their frame and really putting the negotiating pressure, I suppose you could say, within the relationship to, to shift it. And often, in a lot of cases, this is helping to heal the woman they're with who is acting bad because she has a lot of bad psychological patterns herself. So it's acting a lot as a leader, not just like, it's about me. Um, and then you have guys who actually have like pretty good dating lines, but they have a hard time finding a girl who is really like quality that they wanna, they wanna be with. And so a lot of that is like standard tweaking and, and helping their discernment. And yeah, I mean, a guy recently about issues with, uh, with their sex life, relationship was otherwise really good, but uh, you know, basically he was, he was losing interest in the, in the sexual dynamics of the relationship. Um, so then you get into like Madonna horror complex stuff. <laughs> it's really, really interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's always new layers. That's why I like the job. Yeah, no, that actually does sound really interesting. Uh, it sounds like yeah. you, uh, you really uh, help people. Have you had a lot of success stories? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that I, I, 9 out of 10 clients are really, really satisfied with, with what's going on. And, you know, you have, I think I've only had like maybe three or four out of like the 100 plus I've been working with that, you know, I would say that maybe they weren't super happy with stuff. And honestly, you know, how it usually is with like a bad client, it's usually more about, you know, my screening process of, of working with them. Right. Um, I, I would say there's only one guy who I feel like I could have done a little bit of a better job with. So, and you know, right. you're learning over time, right? That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I actually, uh, I, didn't, I didn't tell you this beforehand, but uh, I, I have Tanner actually life coaching me right now. Oh yeah. Which is kind of funny. Uh, you know, like, but, uh, I was like, I need a, I need a Mormon on my shoulder. I need <laughs> you guys, I, but I, when I saw you guys in person, you have a great rapport. That's yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And totally. I mean, it, who knows? He might not even, uh, be authoritarian enough, uh, to be my boss. Cause we, <laughs> we just talk on the phone and have so much fun. But, uh, you know, like, uh, he, he's looking at my schedule and be like, what you do today, Jack, you know, you know, make keep me on track. <laughs> No, because I need that. I'm out in the country. I have no boss. So I need yeah, I have a boss. Yeah. Everybody needs a boss sometimes, you know. So but yeah, I th I think that that's that's really addresses a lot of problems that a lot of men are running into. Um, whether it's needing a boss or just needing a coach with something. And like what you deal with, um, there used to be rules mm -hmm. for how relationships work and how everything worked. And everyone you're gonna deal with is dealing negotiating a world where there are no rules mm -hmm. like all the rules are constantly changing and uh so there's new problems for you to deal with all the time yeah but uh yeah. you know so i mean i think a coach for many people is going to be really helpful because it's not like you can ask your dad 
necessarily, mm-hmm. or, you know, the old, the old, like, you know, how do I go a courting is not I, really, you know, a thing. I mean, honestly, one um, of the things that I've, I've come to realize just in the last couple of months is that so much of what my role is, and this is including, interestingly enough, very often for guys who are older than me, is like being a father. Because, and this is why so many of the father issues have, are, are so deeply embedded in the stuff, the work we have to do together. Right. Because they had a father who was distant or who was critical uh, or who was weak. And their relationship, not only to him, I mean, he's more, like, I try to help them to heal their relationship with their father to the extent that it's possible. But the big thing about it is that they have a very damaged relationship to masculinity and to themselves because there's still this like hurt child in a lot of ways. And so one of the things that, because I I had a very similar dynamic with my father and I didn't realize it. And the way I fixed my relationship with my father, which is like amazing now, but was really, I mean, it was bad. Like it was very bad. It was very just, critical and you know definitely never made me feel like I was I was good enough and we had to have some really tough conversations a decade ago about it and what you find out is that the fathers who are like this they're like it because of their own shit that they got very often from from their parents like in the case of my father for instance the son of like socialite parents who never were around you know dropped off the nanny dropped off at camp uh, he just he never had any attention, right. right? And so there was this this sense of of almost inadequacy. And once you realize that your father actually loves you, but yeah. his, his way of trying to relate to you is just it's not good. Like it's bad. It's self destructive. Yeah. Then you be actually become the father, and then you have to father him <laughs> into a different <laughs> relationship. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's amazing the results. I mean, the number of guys who have spoken to their fathers, maybe they haven't spoke, they they stopped speaking to them or they had a very cold relationship with them. Right. And then it's just like they get a, you know, glass of whiskey and they start to, you know, talk about it for Thanksgiving. And it's just like powerful stuff. Yeah, no, it really is. That's actually really important. Um, You know, because your, your dad's just a guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, when I was younger, I mean, I didn't get along with my dad at all. I mean, I was, he, they were not prepared for me. Yeah. You know, my, I, have, I have normal, very normal parents and they were not prepared for me. My dad had me when he was 20. Like, so he's only 20 years older than I am. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they didn't know how to handle this. And, and uh, you know, so, you know, like we had, we had a lot of problems. And then I think on his part, he came to a, a level of maturity, I think in his thirties where he was like, okay, this is my kid. The rest doesn't matter. Do I want to have a good yeah. relationship with my kid or do I not? And yeah. So kind of made that step. Like, I'm okay. This is how I'm going to handle this rather than, you know, just trying mm-hmm. to be constantly like forcing me into his box. Yeah. Uh, and so he tried and now, you know, and I, cause I've changed a lot since then. And now we talk, we talk once a week. 
Uh, he's probably the t- person I talk to most. He, he's, you know, he's not a reader, so he actually doesn't even read my work, but like he mm-hmm. follows me on Instagram and like watches everything I do. And, and uh, it's really, really positive. And it gives me a lot of advice as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's sad when you ha- see guys who they, they've never repaired that relationship and they have no relationship with their father at all. I mean, sometimes you probably just shouldn't cause he's just a bad guy. Sure. But sure. Uh, most you of the time, that's not... him, you still have to forgive him, even if that's the case, though, I would sure. say. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have to move on. Otherwise, move they, on. You know, yeah. they're like the male equivalent of a stripper. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's not up to you to it's up to both of you if the relationship is going to get repaired. Right. But you have to come at peace with it. Yeah. 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 And, you know at some point I think I've, I've written before actually like, you know, people have to dudes without out fathers or who don't have a relationship with their fathers have to become their own fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, you have to run the show or, you know, hire someone to help or find someone who's a mentor or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, people wallow in that. I had a bad relationship with my dad or my mom or whatever, and they wallow it for their whole lives. And like, you know, that drives me crazy when I see people who let, you know, the first 15 years of their lives dictate the whole rest, you know? It's like, what a waste. Yeah. 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 Cause you on. stay stuck in that pattern and then you can't move on from it. You can't, you can't evolve. Um, I, I think a lot of the issues though are stemming from the fact that on a broader societal level, you could just even argue that the father energy has declined mm-hmm. so much so there's there needs to be like i think a lot of the coaching and mentoring certainly in, in the work that i do is trying to like bring that back out from guys and i, I don't want to beat a dead horse i mean we were we know the same sort of themes and i'm sure you know, we talked about it with plenty of other people sure. on this podcast but about you know masculinity etc in in society uh, there's there's definitely this this downstream effect where you feel these guys it's just they're completely depolarized completely polarized yeah 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 i mean that's yeah there's not a lot of good role models not a lot of direction but there are some out there and it is cool you know there there was really no one talking about this in a positive way like 10 years ago yeah uh not very many people at all and then uh now you're seeing some some guys who really have some life experience and so forth get into the game you know we, we were hanging out and we mm-hmm. had john fitch it was there and you know it's mm-hmm. a totally different frame uh, yeah. coming from and and uh you know there's a lot of guys military guys who are like being like hey there's a problem in the world now uh-huh. you know and yep. that, getting in on that and that that's really good to see because they, they they add something to the picture yeah and you know there's always jack donovan too paving the way <laughs> <laughs> dude i read your book years ago before i met you it was so influential so um, cool yeah cool that's always great to hear um that's that's neat some people sometimes people have said like do you ever get tired of hearing that and i was like no <laughs> if i do if i do i'm I, that's I'm, I, that's a rich man's problem yeah right <laughs> you know that's a terrible thing but you were talking about energy a little bit yeah and uh you know we had we had talked that we were going to discuss a post that you made that i really liked that then kind of put something in perspective for me mm-hmm. uh uh, for s- some things, various people that I've had to deal with in the past, 
And uh, you made a post called uh, In Defense of Rolo Tomasi. And obviously, I don't want to talk about Rolo at all, um, you know, because there's no point in that. But uh, it, it was a really interesting post to me because it wasn't about him so much as um, about energy and about anger, mm-hmm. you know, and about people who are people who are broken and uh, who, who seek somebody out who can then make them angry. And uh, that's, you know, it, it, being angry, I think you said in the post, like being angry is better than being sad and wanting to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a step up. And so they're, they're being angry and they have a sense of purpose and they're gonna go fight something and they're gonna be, be mad. But then, you know, a lot of the people, this is in every segment of society, you can really see this. Uh, a lot, there's a, there's a job of guys who just get guys riled up. Yeah. It's yep. just, um, you know, they, they, they spin up that energy, but you know, for them to keep their jobs, they have to keep those guys mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of what you were saying, saying that post is that, they, you know, these people have to keep these guys angry and in an unhealthy place. So they can't really grow and get beyond being angry and being sad and be successful and happy. Yeah. Which is. And, and they don't, they don't necessarily have to do that, but that's how that those guys are behaving in that sort of level. So they're taking guys who are at this suicidal apathy. My life is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And then they're moving them to, to a higher energy frequency of like anger, pride, like I'm, yeah, like basically very, a, a very sort of aggressive, it's still very victim oriented. I wouldn't say it's, it's particularly like courageous or anything like that. Right. But there's a sense of, of strength around it. Now, what would be great is if there was, if that, that there was also a movement to like move them through that stage and then yeah. move them out of it. A lot of them get stuck there for various reasons. That's not necessary. I think it's just, part of the the culture around around that uh segment of the community that they don't that there's like a a, there's a negative and i think because some of the leaders there are stuck at that level they don't they're actually afraid of moving up themselves and so they block the other people who have followed them and paced them from moving further up but one of the things that in that that post that i that i noticed i mean because i was thinking about it it's like well because just a very, very brief backstory. I mean, me and him have just had some, some beef about ideas and stuff, red pill, et cetera. Um, he doesn't like me very much. I don't have any real ill will towards him. But we have, I noticed that our markets actually didn't really conflict too much. In fact, we probably were good for each other's business, although I don't know that he'd ever admit that. But right. um, not that I, don't, I think for either of us, at least for me, that that was any intention going into it but the guys who i work with are are very very rarely anywhere close to that level they they might be like like they might have had a similar tragedy happen to them but they're looking for a way to sort of get out of it and to to jump out of it to kind of go to a, a different experience of life they're not grabbing onto this like piece of driftwood this idea that's like this is the new truth this is going to make me feel powerful yeah. They're looking to like, there's a lot of introspection and a lot of like, I'm going to take some risks. I'm going to be a little bit more vulnerable. So they're moving to a higher vibration. 
standpoint, right? So we, we were talking about this book by Dodson, Levels yes. of Energy. This book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of what, the things that I wrote in that post, there were ideas that I was kind of developing, but I, someone on my email list sent me a PDF of that book randomly. It's like, I really, th I really think that you'll, had an intuition you'd really get a lot out of this book. And right. it was like, man, this is like, saved me years of thinking. <laughs> it's like, yeah. got everything already like layered out for me. And the basic gist of that book is talking about levels of sort of vibrational energy and, and how, and it's similar to the Hawkins scale. Okay. Uh, Hawkins is another author. And you basically have, you know, low vibration and, you know, mid high vibration, right? The big shift point is when you move into courage. Right. Courage is the beginning of, of sort of higher vibration living, which, which goes all the way up to like, you know, optimism and rationality and love and abundance, right? As you go further and further up. So the, the reality though, and this is why I said in defensive of Rolo Tomasi is because he actually, I believe that he has probably saved a lot of guys' lives because mm -hmm. they were at the very bottom and he was able to pace them at that very bottom point. And okay. I don't think that I'm as good at do, as doing that because I don't really I like being in that level. Yeah. You know, I don't, but it, you have to, uh, Dodson talks about this, like getting yourself into different vibrational levels. Like he says, like when he was writing the book, he'd like change his environment around to like influence his vibrational oh, area okay. that we could, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of whatever. It's kind of yeah, weird, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I can, I can tell what you're talking about. I mean, cause I get messages from guys all the time and there are some guys and I can think of one personally right now is popping in my head who I have dealt with in person. And because I've had enough bad experiences in the past, I'm like, I can't help you where you are. You know, yeah. like I can't, you, you're too, you're too angry. You're too unstable. Yeah. You, you are now a powder cake for me. Like you can, whatever you do can explode on me, you know? And, uh, you know, there are certain yeah. people who, who can go, who can deal with that. And I can't, yeah, that's not helping me to go down and into that space with those guys. Social work is such a brutal job because yeah. you're constantly dealing with those people. And, and the way that that sort of vibrational stuff works, I mean, obviously you can build up your own barriers if you get really, really grounded. Right. In, but you are constantly getting pinged by your environment. Yeah. And if, if you are surrounded by negative people all the time, and actually this is why people who work in like hospitals or social work, mm -hmm. they, from what I've understood about them, they tend to go in two directions. They either get just really serious and, and depressed and have issues themselves, or a lot of them have a really wicked sense of humor about the people that they work with. Okay. And it's like to a lot of people on the outs outside, it's like, Oh my God, that's so terrible that, that you talk about these people like that. It's like, you have to have that attitude in there, like humor, which is a very high vibration yeah. orientation. You have to almost hold all of this bullshit lightly right. in order to be able to not be drowned in it. Yeah. Uh, but I find it very interesting because what Dodson talks about, and I've seen this bear out in experience is moving up this sort of vibrational scale when you one of the things he says in it first off this is i thought was really interesting he talks about low vibration is that you are what you have 
So people define themselves by the things they have, like their possessions, right? Their status. Mm -hmm. And then as it moves up to mid vibration, it's a lot of like, you are what you do, which I mean, maybe for a lot of people you're listening to this, that's like, well, that, of course you are what you do. Like, right. That makes sense. Cause like your actions define who you are and your results. Sure. But the higher level of that is you are what you, what you are. Right. And, yeah. and this is, it's, it's like peeling back all the layers of things that you, that you have to do in just the true sort of essence. And this is when you get into like woo woo kind of language. Yeah. And that could be tricky with people because I can already see someone thinking that they're at that level, mm-hmm. but they need to go through the other level first because what mm-hmm. happens is then you have people who are like, I'm amazing just the way I am. And actually, no, you've never done anything in your life and you're, you're whatever. But yes. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you see get this a lot of people, but yeah. Well, you see this a lot with, you know, that famous book, the secret. Right? Yeah. 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 The secret is talking about, I mean, to, I haven't actually read The Secret, but from what I understand about it, it sounds all right. It's just a law of attraction. <laughs> I think it's a pretty simple, it's a pretty simple, simple yeah, yeah. concept. Right. If you're at a high vibration, things will start to come to you, right? That's right. the idea of it. Yeah. But a lot of people who are reading it aren't at a high vibration. So <laughs> stuff is coming. Like you look at it like a magnet. Yeah. And you have to, and, and honestly, to magnetize yourself in almost all cases, you have to be out and, and doing things. I think the, the do be distinction is that, and you see this a lot in the manosphere, which is like, like hardcore focus on, on discipline. And, and I am, I am not anti, I mean, discipline is a necessary, necessary thing. But what I found is that if you have a difficulty in doing something, then that is mostly because there's a lack of alignment somewhere. So there's something that you're trying to have yourself do that part of you isn't on board with. And so I can say for me, just telling myself, you have to do this, you have to do this. It didn't work very well. I know, I think for some guys, I think it works better than others. Some guys are able to push their way through it. And then by doing it, they're like, actually, I feel better. And that's cool. It didn't work for me, and I know it hasn't worked for a bunch of other guys too. In that, what we've had to do is basically go in and find what is the part that's holding you back, and then kind of have some sort of reconciliation with that, and yeah. let let it go. And then things start to flow very naturally, and then it becomes very easy to produce and to accomplish, and things just tend to happen. Really, it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like to live in a world of no. Yeah. Uh, personally, I, I don't want to be like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I got you know, like that's not, yeah. that's not my personality. Uh, I'd rather live in a world of yes. And I, I had to do that when I, I quit drinking for like five months this summer. Cause it was getting a little too much. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and the reason what I had to do is kind of go back into my own identity and be like, um, uh, this part of me that thinks this is an important part of my identity. I have to deal with that. Cause it isn't. Like no one yeah, cares. Yeah. No one cares about this part of my identity, but me. Yeah. You know, and, and I still, and you know, I, I, I drink again now and you know, I can't keep an eye on it, but uh, it's uh, it is part of, you know, I can't be married to this idea of myself as, you know, like I'm Jack Donovan. I drink Negronis, da, 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 you know, like yeah, that, that yeah, yeah. cause no one cares. No, literally no one cares about that. That's not what they come to me for. That's not what they care about. 
And that's just my own like little thing. And so everybody has stuff like that that's they have to go back and fix to kind of get something out of their way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think which is that's that's important. Yeah, these various parts. Like I can say that that for me, it was it, there. There was a a part of me that like I because I had told myself you have to do this, you have to do this. You're not basically you're not good enough, which was internalized stuff you know, from my childhood, stuff with yeah. my father, stuff with other kids. And so that internalized lesson, that loop, I was basically becoming all those externalized critical figures in my head against like the child part of me. So you had these two parts and it was basically like a bullying loop. And so I had to really, I did some very weird stuff to sort of get to the root of this. And I basically, because this this child part, so to speak, is what I call it, it would self-sabotage constantly, just would not allow me to do anything unless there was a serious fear pressure behind it. And so eventually I was like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm done fighting it. Like, you have the reins. What do you want to do? And I, and I allowed myself to go on this, like, ridiculous bender. Yeah. Where, like, I, you know, ate like shit, did not take care of myself at all, got shit-faced, played video games, looked at porn, just, like, the worst. It was just a dis- disgusting week. And I just kept kind of asking myself, like, why do you want to do this? Right. Why do you want to do this? Right. And I, I found out that that child part of me just fucking hated being with me mm-hmm. because I was so mean to it all the time. And so I spent since then, it's like, I, it basically wanted me to die. Like yeah. that was basically what it was trying to do. So now I had to like, it was like a relationship. I had to repair it. I had to like manage and lead myself better. And so when I set a goal for myself, like I set a very, very big financial goal um, December 29th last year. Okay. And then January, like I, I put it out there and I was like, even when I put it out there, I'm like, I don't know if I'm really on board with this. Right. January 2nd. I'm like, that is not the goal anymore because yeah. that part of me doesn't want to do it. It would be like forcing it from an ego perspective. It's not an alignment. Right. And so now that I just constantly check in with that and things move smoothly and move very, very quickly, actually. But I have to check in constantly. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that works too. It's, you know, the, the part that says uh, you have to go to the gym even when you don't want to. Yeah. That's still, that, that's still just discipline and shut up and do it and that kind of stuff. And I, I, I mean, I, I definitely do that and you always feel better. You know, always feel better. Always feel better. I, I find discipline tactically, it's yeah. really, really useful. There's like certain moments where you're like, you got to throw the discipline at yourself. Like, no, exactly. no, no, you know, we're going. Exactly. But sometimes there are deeper issues that you also have to address. Yes. See yes. where the desire is to do things is coming from. Mm-hmm. It actually reminded me a little bit. I had to look it up on my phone because uh, I have one of his uh, meditation things. Uh, are you familiar with the, the Dr. Joe Dispenza or whatever? Oh, I'm, I'm not. That name is familiar to me. Okay. Now, now, yeah, somebody just recommended to me actually while we, I was in Poland at the okay. 21 there, uh, one of the photographer guys actually was, because uh, he was talking about, I was, you know, exploring different types of meditation and he's a big meditation guy. Mm. Similar, similar concept to, uh, you know, the whole visualization thing of like, his, his whole thing is basically that if you have to, that you have to emotionally experience what it's like on the other side 
and then it brings things to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, a little bit like the secret kind of thing, but a little bit better, uh, but still, you know, still a little hocus pocusy. Uh, you, know, yeah. not, you know, some things he says are great and some things he says, I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's, I've been hearing, there's been something, I haven't tried it yet. Right. But, but there's been some stuff going on in esoteric circles on Twitter. Yeah. That, that sounds like the most, that's the most hilarious sentence ever. Esoteric, esoteric circles on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> what is le- less esoteric than Twitter? <laughs> Man, I mean, some of the some of the shit I read on, on there mm-hmm. is, is one of the things was that when you're because there's a, obviously a huge amount of sexual energy that gets built up, you know, during sex or whatever. In general, sexual energy is very important for your uh, ability to draw things to you, right? Your field. Sure. So they're saying that okay you know talking about visualizations etc but if you if you visualize or really like like put out that you want something right as you're orgasming right that that's like almost like a magic spell okay that it creates a massive surge of of energy for that manifestation out there so maybe something to try i don't know (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I could, I could, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, to to get back to the the whole energy thing with uh, uh, men and 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 turning them up and everything. Uh, I just wanted to make it clear that it's just not about that scenario. No, yeah. You know, like I mean, yeah. there's something that. Are you familiar with the term thumos? I am familiar. I forget what it means, but I've I've heard it before. Yeah, it's a Greek word. I mean, it's, it has a few different meanings, but I first encountered it uh, through the book um, "Manliness" by Harvey Mans- Mansfield. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and he writes. He kind of pulls from Plato and and, and a few other things. That's the guardian spirit, and uh, it's the it's it kind of translates directly to spiritedness. Okay. But also it can be related to anger. And mm-hmm. just high emotion and so and so forth, and and you can get, and that's something that I've seen. And it, there's a good way to use it and a bad way to use it, mm-hmm. you know. And it just depends on sometimes the outcome, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Like sometimes you can't control it because I mean that's what that's what every Maximus speech, every football speech, everything is like stirring these guys up, like like mm-hmm. all right. It's now's the time. If not now, when? If not us, who? Who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, can you believe them? Can you believe those people? Can you believe that injustice? Right. Are you going to stand for this? Are you going to go out and fight? And, and yeah. you, dudes get boners everywhere. Uh, <laughs> like they get the violence boner going, and it doesn't matter if you're really at the lowest point in your life, or you can take a a, a well-adjusted group of guys and, and turn them up. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's this is how you lead men into battle. I mean it's like yep. that yep. basic band of brothers speech, the whole it, from Shakespeare. Uh, there's a way that you can stir up thumos in men, and it's a very like it's a pretty tight formula, really. If yeah. you look at it, how how you do it, but um, you can do that, and I think you have to be once you have that ability to do that, you have to do it very responsibly. Yes. Yes. And because uh, you know, like yeah, there are good causes there are good reasons to be angry and there are good reasons to, okay. Yeah. You know, fuck these people. We're going to go after, you know, like, all right, Mm -hmm. this is the right thing to do right now. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's part of masculinity, a, a healthy masculinity, but you, you do have guys and across the spectrum in all professions uh, who capitalize that on, on that anger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, it's a fun game. Spin guys up while I drink my glass of Chardonnay and have them go get, get, get in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to relax and you guys go, go have that fight. Yep. You yep. know, and I've, I've seen it a lot of like, you know, like fringe political groups and all kinds of things. We're like, you know, like, like someone wants to make a name for themselves. Let's get a bunch of guys angry and throw them out of problem and see what happens. Order, order and trap people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I just... It's, I think it's a, it's a broader concept. And that's why, that's, that's why your post on that interested me so much because it got me thinking about it uh, more because, you know, it's, it's something that relates to masculinity and it's part of what men are. And, and I'm very, very careful about how I let myself get into that state because, because I can feel I'm, I, my discernment starting to get really sharp and I can see when there's like a manipulation behind it. Yes. It's like why is this person is telling me something that is designed to get me angry. Yeah. And so what is his agenda for trying to get me angry? Right. You know, if, if, if it's like, if, if the more versus like the more organic natural form of it, like, you go back, like you've got your, your tribe, right? Right. When their tribe comes after you. They maybe take one of the guys, women, they rape her or something like that. Yeah. You and your crew. Yeah. You're going to get some really legitimate, righteous thumos going on. Exactly. To go and fight. Yeah. It's yeah. not some rando who comes over and is like, they, they want to, you know, another tribe that didn't do anything to you ever. It's like, you got to go over there and kill them. You got to be like, wait, why are you telling me to do this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could put it Agit in the world. It's agit propaganda. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could take, you know, like the, you put it in a world war two perspective, you get a whole bunch of people in a bad economic situation, get them stirred up. Oh yeah. Somebody that you don't like already anybody anyway, you know, <laughs> like, let, like, let's go, you know, like that, this is the problem, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the same thing with uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of other situations, I think there's a lot of guys. Uh, I think the easiest example of Thumos that I can think of is 9-11. Yeah. Oh, uh, a lot of guys enlisted after 9-11, like right away. And that was, you know, the positive Thumos thing. Now, whether they got played later, we don't know. I don't get involved in all that. I, yeah, I, yeah. I try to stay out of like, you know, the architecture of the towers and all that shit. But, uh, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not an architect. I'm not involved in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we'll that's just, not my business. We'll just gloss over that one. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, uh, but, uh, but the point is, I mean, you know, like, you know, that's, that's how wars get started. You know, that's, yeah. that's, how, that's how you do it, you know. And it's a shame for the, for, I mean, in, in the case of when a war isn't just, it is a real shame because it doesn't, it doesn't diminish, I think, that the righteousness of those people and what they, what they were. What, no, they're still good the guys. Intention, the intention of where it was coming from for them. It's just, it's just sad when you see that stuff manipulated. But it's, a, as you said, it's a tale as old as time. I mean, that's. Oh, totally. And, and, we, and, never, and we never know. It's like, because history is written by the victors. So it's it's only it's good when it works out and it's bad when it doesn't you know and and i think women have their own version of it i don't know maybe you know the greek word for it but especially no. when it comes to you know when when it comes to like people being hurt or people being um 
injustices put against people, basically. I think that you can really manipulate, that, that's kind of like, Thumos is kind of like channeling this sort of, it's very, very masculine. It's very like paternal almost, sort of like, like, like energy. And I think that, that you can also manipulate the maternal in, and women, yeah. I mean, I think you see it quite a, a well, lot. Well, yeah, you get the whatever caged, caged lioness, or, you know, like the you know mama bear in a corner kind of thing. Yeah, you know, but the I mean, yeah. actually, yeah, you're totally right. That's what's being done. You know, on a grand scale in society, you have uh, you know politicians. I think, especially manipulating women in the media, because you can put a child somewhere is suffering. Yeah. Therefore, major decisions have to be made so no child ever suffers again, which is yeah. not—it's not realistic and not like the way the world works. But that's literally the goal that they put out there: never yeah. again, always. You know, like and and they get they get women uh, stirred up. Like, yeah, let's protect the children is the easiest way to get them turned on. You know, and this and the smart gamble, at least for a while, for them, yeah, was that the men didn't want to upset the women by pushing against that manipulation. Right. And so then you get, you get like a clear coastway for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a, you know, that, that's, that's a bigger problem, you know, it's just because, you know, it's anyway. Well, yeah. yeah. There's just, there's a lot of, I always say there's a lot of, you'll never not make money by not flattering women, you know, like, like, right. if, you, right. you know, like that's the, if you, they spend a lot of the money and so that's where it's easy to, to throw money at and, yeah. and so forth. But you know, that's, that's unfortunate. And that's just the way that society's organized right now. Right. You right. know, and it's not, no, not, not anyone's fault. And I think you made a post about that. I'm, I'm going to see if I have it uh, a title for it. Oh, well, you were talking about uh, male spaces, which is also yeah. something that's really, really important to me because uh, I don't think masculinity can happen properly yeah. unless, unless men are able to interact as men without the interference of women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Looking over their shoulder, telling, because, man, I've, I've stood you know, around fires and, and in groups with so many guys, and it's like, I know what you said when she wasn't here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and then you can see that he, you can see dudes actually looking over their shoulder, like to make sure what they're saying is okay. To see, and I don't know that it's actually that they think that the woman is a better judge of what they're saying, but how much bullshit they're going to have to deal with later for saying it. Right, and so they're just kind of playing a game, and unfortunately, what that means is that you have males interacting in a way that isn't honest. Mm -hmm. you know with each other they're not they're not actually being honest to each other because they're getting your girlfriend's filter yeah you know which is unfortunate and and it really prevents them from bonding and trusting each other properly because how can you trust this guy because you know whatever he's saying is like what he's masculinity has to grow in those spaces exactly exactly yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you made a post about the, you know, the lack of male spaces on your site and uh, and friendships, actually. And I mm -hmm. think it, with the context of it, where you were saying that, uh, uh, I, th I guess it was an article, I didn't read it, uh, that women were complaining that that men didn't have any friends. It, it, it was it was the best title for like one of these articles. Yeah. Like, men men don't have any friends and women are, the, are suffering because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> always goes back to it right 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did the bastards do to women now? And, and of course, you know, the, the, the kind of silly thing about the entire premise of the article was that women, a lot, a lot of these women, I, I don't want to generalize all women because I don't sure. actually, my experience, like the women in my wife, women in my life, like they're totally okay with male spaces and they encourage independent friendships. So it's yeah, not- Yeah, lots a of women are. Problem. Yeah. yeah. But I have definitely seen it where women will get really, they, they would try to contain their guy. They wouldn't want their guy to go off with, with other friends. Or if they did, everyone have to be in a group together. There was never any ability to have some one-on-one -on -one time or just male only time. And then what happens is that then the guy becomes basically, well, he doesn't, his male friendships start to really suffer because to the extent that he has guy friends, they're like contained in couple contexts. Right. But then the girls would all would have their own friends and then the guy was weak. And so then, so the women were complaining basically that, well, these guys are weak and like really socially dependent on me. And, you know, they should have had some guy friends, but even in the article, when they were saying like they should have guy friends, it was again contained that like in certain sort of contexts and so that they should only whenever I say, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just super, I mean, honestly, it's just like control freaks is really what it is. Yeah. I mean, I've always said that um, from an evolutionary perspective, I mean, that is their imperative. That's the way they're wired. Hey, yeah. I'm going to get this guy and, and access all of his resources mm -hmm. and all of his time. I mean, that makes perfect sense from their perspective because I might become pregnant at any time. And so I need this dude to be totally devoted to me. A hundred percent. And I think obviously we don't live in that world where that's necessarily the problem that they have to deal with. But that's the thing about evolutionary psychology is that it's not about the world we live in now. It's about the world we're evolved. From. Well, this is a good, this is a good kind of like connection because we were talking about energy and vibration before. Yeah. So one of the ideas that I've, I've been thinking a lot about is that women are by nature succubi, right? A succubus is like an extreme version of it, but that yeah. they are actually, and that they look what they're drawn for in men. Cause if, if you want to get down to a very granular, like base level, because you have like a guy who's like a criminal, right? And then yeah. you have a guy who's like powerful sort of patriarch. It's like women are drawn to these, these guys, like, well, these are different guys, right? What's going on here? What women are drawn towards is life force, drawn to energy. Mm -hmm. And they scan guys for energy. And what you see that happens, because, because energy is required in the produ production of a child, and so a guy with a strong life force is going to have with, with big dick energy, basically. Yeah, big dick energy. <laughs> yeah, big dick energy. yeah, yeah. And so they're very, very finely attuned to it, and and it explains this the scenario where you have a guy, nothing, you know, average dude, and then a couple of good things start to happen with him. He kind of is like a little bit maybe more on his routine. He gets a good opportunity and things are starting to flow and he's feeling like good, you know, he's feeling good about his life. Things are on, on the upswing and immediately a girl's like in his life grabs him. And this happens all the time. And the guy is really excited because he's the girl like really wants his dick and he's never really had a girl who's been like treated like that before. Right. The girl chooses him. He doesn't have any agency. He's not aware of what what he had at that moment right. and of course because he wasn't aware he allows her to basically drain him yeah. entirely and 
my sort of understanding now is that a healthy relationship with a woman is a woman takes her cut, right? right. But she knows not to, you know, pick up, and she knows not to like raid the entire pantry. <laughs> right. and, and she actually, in a lot of ways, will help you to grow your energy further. Right. Because she knows that as you grow and expand, she gets more. And, and that's kind of how I have seen these relationships go and why you see these different strategies for women. For a lot of women, they don't maybe trust that a guy's going to be around or they, or they just know that they can take everything from the guy. And of course, once they take everything from him, they discard him. They're no longer interested. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I think like those guys on the upswing, I, I, would you say that you have to be at, at, in a spot for a while to know how to manage it? I, I think, to be honest, I mean, yeah. theoretically, anybody could, could learn, right? They, yeah. could, they, they could become aware of it. Mm -hmm. I think most guys only become aware once they get burned. Right. Okay. Because then they're like, man, she just totally took everything from me. And sometimes it's like physical assets. Sometimes it's just all of your emotional energy. You're broken. Right. And then afterwards, there's a little bit more of a protective barrier that goes up. For at least a lot of guys, a lot of guys will question that experience and try to learn from it. But if you're a guy who has never had happen, you've never had a girl before who is really over, like about you like that, I, I think that the, the flood of emotions is practically speaking too much for most to, to handle. Right, right. So, you know, as, a, as, a, as an older guy, I've, I've watched this happen a few times and then, then yeah. you, can, you can say, well, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the way yeah. this is going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, this, it's different. You know, but then it, it happens. It, yeah. And that's one of the reasons that older guys, I think, are, are more often attractive to women. Right. At least from like a, because, uh, to be fair, women love to, to fuck a young, attractive guy. Sure. Right? No, there's no question about that. I, I think that gets glossed over a lot when we talk about like women like older guys, but an older guy manages his energy better. Right. And, and so the fact that, and, and when a guy puts up the boundaries, it actually makes a woman drawn more to it because then she knows that this energy source is not going to deplete very quickly. So it actually makes her feel a little more safe and secure that she could be with that guy because she knows she's going to get a cut or at least she knows that, that the bank's not going to be empty right interesting interesting no I, li I like that that's actually a good way to use that that energy theory i think yeah 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 because i've i've heard i've talked to a lot of guys i have a friend who's who's an older guy and yeah i mean he he has no problems with women at all yeah you know, because he's figured because he's figured out because i think when he was younger he got burned a lot Mm -hmm. And now, then you get to a certain point where they don't need anything. Like you have everything in your life handled and then they're like, well, here's what I want. Here's my boundaries and whatever. And then you, like you said, women are attracted to that because they know what's going on. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting. Uh, and I actually that I had actually uh, written down another uh, post that you had did, uh, done about the, uh, the heuristic for dating being half plus seven. Which is, uh, which is, uh, I just kind of went through your whole site like last night and I was like, what have you, what have you written out about? And uh, yeah, that's, that fits into that pretty perfectly. Yeah, you know, it was uh, one of my more 
I would say intellectual posts, mind heavy posts versus maybe more of an intuitive one. But that I was trying to find this, this compromise between the biological realities between men and women, but also psychological compatibility. And there's definitely something to be said. I mean, you know, you, girl, who's like 20 years old, 18 years old. I mean, beautiful girl, right? Could be very, very beautiful girl, very young, very fertile, right? All the biological things are there. But I've always wondered a bit. I don't think it's always the case, to be fair. I, there's always exceptions to this. But I've always wondered a bit about the, the 45, you know, 50-year-old guys who are, like, obsessive about trying to get with college girls. And I feel right. like there's, there, there's some sort of stunted development there. Yeah, yeah. That maybe they didn't get it when they were younger because a girl like that can't relate to anything that's going on with you yeah. right now. So, and yeah, there can be some really good polarity. You're kind of like the dad sure, and a lot of hot shit can come from that. Yeah. But when it comes to a, a partnership, I found that there's, I mean, girls is in their late twenties, I think it's, it starts to scale. And there's like a, there's this period in your twenties where your maturity starts to really, your identities really starts to solidify quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to the late twenties as a girl, I think it's much more sticky over a longer period of time as a guy gets older. So half plus seven, right? Right. You know, right. 50 year old guy, you know, 32 year old woman, right? 18 yeah. year guy. That's of course, yeah. rules are meant to be broken. It's just a, it's just a heuristic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, all these things, I mean, the energy thing, whatever. I mean, that's what I was looking through it, you know, as I, you know, understand more about things and in, in life and so forth. Uh, you can look at all these things, you know, like, well, do I really believe in energy fields? I don't really know, but you can look at the, uh, like the questions he's asking in the category, you know, and it's, it's just a way of understanding. We, we make models of the mind so we can understand things. And that's what yeah. myth is. And that's what psychology is and everything. And that's, and, and uh, it's just a, it's a framework. And then you can kind of test it you know, as a heuristic, like, okay, well, does this work? Is mm -hmm. this workable? It's a workable model, necess not necessarily an, an objective truth, but this workable model, it, it works most of the time. Right. Yeah. And, and you got to hold these models lightly. Like, I, like for instance, one of the models that I, I've used in my practices is Myers-Briggs personality typing. Like, right. I, I like it. I think it can be useful for me to shortcut to understand someone's psychology. Sometimes it's not a, it's not a useful shortcut. Sometimes, and I'll, and I'll catch myself. In the past, I was like, no, really, what type is, is this person? I'm trying to, like, figure it out. It's like, it doesn't right. matter. Yeah. Because now the model has failed to produce, like, help me. Now I'm trying to fit the person into the model rather than using the model to help me understand the person. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, we, we talked earlier about uh, talking about psychology a little bit. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, do you have any, do you, what were we going to talk about as far as that goes? You want to... Okay. So I'll, I'm going to take in this, this angle because you, you talked about energy manipulation, energy fields. So yeah. we can bridge into that. So I, I sort of mentioned a little bit at the very beginning of, of this podcast, I've sort of had, I've had my foot in two different worlds a bit just because I sure. like the contrast of it. So I have a foot in very like spirituality circles and I have a foot in the manosphere. I'm more in the manosphere. I feel more at home there, more in touch with the culture. Right. But 
I like to, to explore this sort of hippie spirituality world because I find there's a lot of aspects of it that are, uh, that are, that are perhaps ignored in, in the manosphere, right? So one of these things has to do with, so when I'm out in these communities and people, people are able to do things with like energy manipulation. And, and I've seen it and I've experienced it. Mm-hmm. And part of it's like, oh, how much of it is psychosomatic? But there's a, there's a different gradient, let's just say, of, of experience where you can feel that, you know, someone can superheat a leaf, right? And you can touch the leaf and it's a lot hotter. And they've just simply directed energy towards it. It's very okay. interesting stuff like that. But one of the things in this, in a lot of the stuff, they, they do a lot of like uh, psychology work and stuff. But one of the one of the things that i've noticed there is that they'll talk about masculine feminine dynamics right everything but the overarching framework is very very feminine very very i mean just over like 80 percent women there and then out of the men half of them are just completely depolarized like there's just now i don't know how familiar you are with the work of david data he wrote the book, The Way of the I'm Spirit. familiar with the book. Yeah, I've, I've never, I don't think I've read it the whole way through, but. Uh, well, I've been really interested about this because you, you are like one of the foremost thought leaders on masculinity. Cool. And so I, I see a lot of the stuff that they do. Like, I think it's very, very valuable. It's very high vibration stuff. It gets very deep into, into people's, you know, childhood parts and whatnot and whatever the energy shit, fine. But creating creating these sort of retreats and these spaces for guys that integrate spirituality right that integrate a, a, a masculine aspect to it what has been what has been your experience with with this have you, is this something that you've been because because data talks in sort of terms of like having like a like a masculine edge in that sort of spiritual context i'm just wondering i know especially because you're out you're out in the pacific northwest right which is definitely you have a lot of exposure to those people around you (laughs) yes yeah so Um, how would you cultivate something like this like but a masculine version um barriers well actually there has to be uh, i think the thumos thing is actually a a good uh, bear because that's one of the things like i mean in, in ritual and so forth that I, rituals that i've done i mean yeah you can tap into that war band energy mm-hmm. and uh you can get men turned up and uh like i said you just have to be responsible about where you turn it to mm-hmm. and uh and so if you turn it if you turn something like that uh to towards self-development and self-improvement then it can be really positive but you're still accessing that spiritedness yeah that anger because you know like uh, i think the mistake that the mythopoetic movement men's movement made in the 90s and you hear a lot about it is the joke and this was it's not fair because if i read it in the new york times about whatever you know they had a they had, they had their take on it mm-hmm. but you know the joke was you know it's a bunch of dudes sitting around in a drum circle talking about their feelings yeah and a i never want to talk about my feelings in a large group of men that is a that is wrong Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's a trust issue and I, I don't think that that's always the best place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, 
you know, I think, you know, when you're doing trust, that's a, that's a shoulder to shoulder thing. And you want to interact on a personal level with someone you actually trust and not just like, Hey guys, I know you just met me, but you know, I had a problem with my father when I was 10, you know, you don't want to do shit like that. You know, like, and I think that that's one of the mistakes that they made from what I hear. I mean, I've never been involved with those things, but uh, those events, but I feel like there may be too much emotional sharing with not enough boundaries. Um, yes. Yes. So, so one of the things, I, the word vulnerability, I can get a really bad rap among in men's circles. Oh yeah. And, and, and I understand why I think this is a, it's a totally semantic issue. Totally. Yeah, because I'll, I'll word nerd on it real hard because yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know what it means. Uh, but, but yeah, it does get – I know – go ahead. Say what you're going to say. No, no, just really – so the way women deal with vulnerability, vulnerability is a way of connecting with others right? by, by going out and like sharing, you know, how I, this is how I feel, this is how I feel. And it's just emotional relating. And yeah. when a guy does that, to other guys, there's no masculine charge to it. And when it does it to women, it's just disgusting. Like, they right. don't care about it at all. Yeah. A guy being vulnerable about a problem, something he's been working through, but not from the position of, like, I'm a victim, but, like, hey, this is what I've been fighting. Yeah. And, like, also speaking to the truth of something that maybe other people there are, are dealing with. Sure. That is more of like a leadership it's like taking a big risk you're putting yourself out there yeah and you're taking real extreme ownership over your of your situation i think it's completely different experience it actually creates a courageous sort of aspect for men to to drop their own fears oh yeah and be like yeah i gotta deal with this shit yeah i think i think that's i think there has to be a place you know someone who you're talking to while you're figuring out Mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're struggling with it and if you're in a bad place that's a high trust environment that yeah. you need to be in yeah and then yeah when you're on the the other side of the hump there then you can be like hey i dealt with this problem and here's my solution that i'm working on yeah that's yeah. a very masculine perspective to come from it but the the like i don't know what to do i'm scared is yeah. bad <laughs> you know and uh and so yeah, you want to you want to deal from it with a from a position of strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the same thing. Uh, I think I, I want to look through. Uh, we just we were talking about mythopoetic men's movement and so forth. Uh, I, I, that's my project for next week, actually, for the mm. book that I'm writing. I want to go through uh, King, Magician, Warrior, Lover, mm. and uh, I want to go through it. I've, I've read parts of it before and so forth, and I'm familiar with it, but. Uh, I want to go through it and find the parts I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I, I already know the parts that I like, but uh, you know, there are, there's a lot of things from the psychotherapy movement and so forth that have do come from a very feminine frame. Yeah. You know, and, and we were talking about young a little bit mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and I feel that he's got a very feminine frame when you dig deep enough into what, it, mm-hmm. you know, like the, you know, your true self, you know, is brought to you by a woman uh you know like that's (laughs) like there's a very feminine frame there um and so i think a lot of that movement is influenced that by that and also you know i'm gonna sound like a you know a generation z kid or whatever right now but it's kind of boomer um there's a boomer thing and the boomer thing is basically that these are actual boomers not just everybody older than me but uh you know there's 
you know, they had the great generation of, you know, dudes who fought in the great war. Mm -hmm. And then you have their kids who are a little spoiled and entitled because that's the whole sixties generation, whatever, like the big baby boom. And uh, they have all the opportunity in the world and everything, but they're still mad at dad. And all through feminist literature and all through a lot of this uh, psychological literature, which is all like the same pe same people who went to the same schools at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot, there's some daddy issues in yeah. a lot of it and it colors oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I opened it up the other day. I opened up the book and it said something about like uh, the military isn't a, isn't an authentic initiation. And I was like, wow, I think it's actually one of the only ones that we have left. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Oh, you're, you have to go through a hard process and then you're being prepared for a different role in life. That's actually what initiation is. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, that's, uh, and those guys get to have that identity for the rest of their lives. Like I was a Marine or whatever. And uh, you know, that's, so I think that there's a prejudice there from that generation that was mad about Vietnam and mad about their John Wayne dads and, and, and mm -hmm. all that. And that colors it. And I think it, it, it again, kind of kills some of the more masculine frame because, and people are also in that circle seem to be afraid to talk about violence. Yeah. Very in a positive way. And, and you can't, cannot really define masculinity in a way that doesn't include violence yeah i think that once you're doing that then you are talking about something else like it's like the ship of theseus or whatever like if you take you, there's only so much you can take apart before it becomes something else and that's right. violence is a, a key piece of masculinity whether we ever use it or not yeah it's a part it's always part of the there system. beneath the surface yeah absolutely absolutely yeah one of the things i've noticed being out in those circles is that you know they'll talk about coming into more of a masculine attitude right where and, and i think that there's like a correct general distinction about the the feminine being very much about you know unconditional love right whereas right. the masculine is much more about i love you and you need to get this straightened out like right. you need to be better with this right very directive and aligning but they don't actually create the space where you can really have a masculine energy because, well, it's a safe space. You can't say certain well, things. all the women would be mad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. exactly. And, and, and I don't know how, I, I wonder what your thoughts are to the extent, can women enter that state? Some women probably can, right? Some women probably can enter that energy if the men around it really cultivate it, but how does it change the field? That's, that's kind of my question. Cause I, I, I do feel, I'm not certain, but I do feel that the men, even though a lot of them are very depolarized and they're good people, like I'm not trashing them or anything, but, sure. but even though they're, they're in that, I feel like it probably pollutes some of even the feminine field oh. and them sort of being there. Cause there's a sense that there's not, they're not quite fitting into it. Right. Would you say it's it's similar? Because you you've created these masculine fields. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely been involved in that kind of stuff and um, and created that situation and and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, that was always my rule. I mean, I don't allow, allow women to participate in things like that just because. Yeah, men, like I said, men censor themselves and all the ways that they interact and you know. Yeah, they don't interact when women are there. 
You know, so, some guys are just uh, like, you know, I would say there's kind of two guys, groups of guys that I deal with and they're on totally, they have totally different needs. Uh, you have guys who are what I would say are my people, which are nerds who needed to learn to punch each other in the face. And then, then you have guys who have done nothing but that their entire lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they're like, yes, you're right. More people need to punch, you know, like, so I have the guys giving you the affirmative and the guys who are aspirational. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the guys who are in the affirmative, you know, like they almost need something different because mm. they, they've already done all that. Or it's like on a, on a train becoming destructive for them. Right, right. You know, like there's too much. You know, like, and I hate to say too much because that's hypermasculinity and that's a value judgment. And then that's sure, who, sure, too much sure. for who? But uh, in the sense of, of it, yeah, I think regardless though, I mean, I think women involved in that environment because it's cruel. I mean, a masculine environment can be cruel, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not a big fan of um, hazing and initiations and so forth. That's not, that's not my jam. Uh, that's that's not what I'm about. I don't like I don't like bossing people around. Yeah. That's not my job. But that is kind of part of the masculine thing. And yeah. uh, you know, and we've all gone through that. Darker, I've gone through that darker side of it. That that is part of it. That yeah, and w- w- women wouldn't tolerate that because it's it, it sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. You know the way men talk to each other. I mean, you know, you'll, you know, like what like uh, like Australians all call each other cunts. Or mm-hmm. like, but that's like the, the the very tip of that. Yeah. You know, but like, I think actually Hunter wrote a post, I think recently on, you know, maybe a month ago uh, saying something like, you know, if I may, you know, if I talk shit about you, it's because I like you. You know, if I don't talk shit about you, that's when I really don't like you. Yeah. You know, and a lot of men are like that. I mean, I'm not really a shit talker generally, but uh, a lot of men are like that and they need that space. And especially, especially I think, men are lost because a lot of them don't have uh, brothers. Mm-hmm. I think men with brothers already started a level up on that game, depending yeah. on if they were close and if they fought a lot or whatever, uh, because they already know how to uh, interact with men in, in a harsh way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, men who there's so many, you know, single children and, uh, men, I mean, I grew up with sisters and so I had to learn yeah. some of this stuff later in life a lot of it much later in life. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, I think that's, that's something that uh, is lost because you used to have families of like seven or eight and there'd, there'd be a few boys and they'd work it all out and they'd figure it all mm-hmm. out in mm-hmm. the neighborhood and so forth. But uh, now you just don't have as much of that. So men have to seek that out from each other. And I think that's why those, those male spaces are so important because they can't do it. Yeah. If, if they can't do it because that's a big process to go through hey i need to reproduce like 15 years of childhood real quick <laughs> you know like I, I need to get all this uh i need to be pushed around i need to find my place in the hierarchy i need to like be able to handle that i need to get butt hurt because mm-hmm. because i got pushed around and then i need to work through that you know there's all these things that you need to go through and sometimes, you know, it's hard to do that at high speed and it's definitely hard to do it when women are present. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it would be really harsh, I think, for women to even see a lot of times. But then there's uh, like the guys I said who have already been through all that. Um, a lot of those guys will be authentically themselves 
24-7, even when they're mm-hmm. women around, mm-hmm. which is almost jarring to watch, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and, and they'll just find a woman who will deal with that, and, right. which is great for them, ideally, you know, but. Yeah, I, I think that when it comes to, like, when we were talking about how guys will go through hazing and that how this is sort of part of the, the ritual or the initiation, I think that the, the, the big question, and this is for a lot of people, I think it's, it's, it ha- it goes a little bit deeper than what, you know, people, they'll just generalize it like, oh, this is bullying and this is bad, right? right? This is bad. But what matters is actually the intention behind it. Yes. And if the intention is to be cruel, then it, it's not good. It's not constructive. It's actually destructive. Yeah. Right. But if, well, I think, if I people, think that's the energy of the group. Yeah. I think I think it's the total energy of the group because there's going to be the guy who's just a dick, you know. Yeah. Like he's going to be in the group, you know. Mm-hmm. Gonna, that, you can't get around with that. Uh, but you know, if it's the, if the total group has the energy of bringing people up, then it can be positive. I think a positive experience for people. But uh, and a lot of things that uh, another thing that women actually don't understand most of the time about men is. Uh, is that sometimes the guy on the bottom is just glad to be there. Yeah. You know, like, and that's a really thing for women to wrap their heads around sometimes. Like that guy who they're always picking on, they still like him and he still wants to be in the club. Like he doesn't, he's not one of the big dogs. He doesn't serve any real purpose. I mean, he, maybe he's just there. Maybe he's just there because he's funny and he tells good jokes or maybe he's just there because he, you know, he, he cooks well or he has some other talent that he brings to the table or, you know, like, Maybe he's just there because he wants to be. And a lot of yeah. times being in a group, oh, this guy wants to be with us. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to make fun of him. Sure but he's, he's okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he keeps coming back. And you, you kind of earn guys' respect. Okay, we're making fun of him, but he still keeps coming back. If he's not – there's two ways to do that, which is, you know, like very, very, very – beta is the wrong word. It's the word the manosphere would use, but it's not correct. It'd be like gamma, but it'd be like the far low end of the spectrum to, you know, like upturned hand constantly, uh, you know, where the guy's coming in and and constantly seeking approval uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, 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 you know, joking about how submissive he is and so forth. And that's, that's awkward. Mm -hmm. But if you have the guy who just like, you know, everybody's going to make fun of him. He's going to throw him a little bit of shit back and then continue you know, that's, that can be healthy for him. Cause maybe that's, mm-hmm. that's the spot that he's comfortable. And, with. and yeah. And then if you have a moment of conflict with like another group, that's an opportunity for him to, to change his dynamic. To shine in some way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause they all have, everybody has a good talent, you know, like, uh, um, you know, like I've, I've had guys who, you know, like we're not sure about this guy hanging out with us, whatever. But then, yeah, an emergency happens and he just happens to be good at getting cars out of the snow. I'm like, whoa, you were throwing off some real energy there. You know, like uh, that. I, lo- I like you now. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I wasn't sure about you, but now I like you. I mean, I had a guy that happened uh, that happened with at some point. And, and uh, you know, and then after that, I'm like, that's uh, I'm like, I appreciate him now, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I think that that's, I think women, they don't see that though. A lot of times they would, ju- they would just see the cruelty. Yeah. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I think, again, they short circuit that, that program. 
and it's it's unfortunate that it becomes so unpopular to to create those kind of male spaces mm-hmm. uh, and that that women can be so against it which you know i mean i guess you know rightfully so in the sense that like a bunch of men get together and start doing stuff that that's that you know that that's uh that's a threat to maybe their interests mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean sometimes you know if if uh you know because men a large group of men who are on the same page are a powerful force yes yes you know? i mean I, I think that if you want to get more conspiratorial that there's a definitely a, a push against that because men who come together are ones that you know change things yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs> all of history <laughs> yeah that's, that's nobody wants too many men in one room on the same page because that's i yeah. don't care what page they're on that's because they're going to push in a, yeah. in a direction and yeah. uh it's for it doesn't matter what the established powers are uh that's going to be a problem mm-hmm. you know yeah. so so anyway i guess we i think this has probably been about an hour at this point yeah, yeah. so uh so let's uh are there is there any uh, projects that you're working on in the next like month or so things you want to get out there uh Right now, projects, not so much. I just finished, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. Right. I just finished my master class. Okay. And basically the master class, it's a four, like 14 and a half hour video course. And it's just, it covers the entire gauntlet of the stuff that I, that I work on with my clients. So first module is a lot of deep psychology stuff like inner, you know, inner, inner game, inner critic work. Second module is all about female nature and basically discernment. So like red flags and women uh, understanding girl game, right? Something that I don't think a lot of people talk about is how girls work against men, right? We always talk about how do I get the girl? It's like, well, how does a girl try to get you? (laughs) Right. Because you need to know the defensive aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And then module three is just all, all game, all, all this, all the classic techniques and tactics and strategies. Module four is all about bigger dating strategies. So different areas of dating. So if you're, if you're doing the online game, if you're, if you're at bars, if you're doing day game, uh, how to handle dates, it's basically gives you the full primer for, for how to go out there and meet women. And the, the last module is all in relationships, intimacy and, and sex, and basically creating a really deep and connected relationship, dealing with conflict and jealousy. So it's a big course. And it covers a really wide range of topics, but I did that deliberately rather than split it up because I found that 80 to 90% of it's going to be useful for guys, regardless of where they're at, because of all of how deep we go into each of the topics and the sort of interconnectedness of it. And also a lot of guys, they go through life cycles. So maybe they're dating now, but they're going to get into a relationship later, or maybe their relationship isn't in a great place. Maybe their relationship, if it falls apart, they're going to get back out there and date. And it's, it's basically just designed to reorient your entire position towards women. So I'm really, I mean, I'm really proud of it. I'm really psyched about it. And uh, for guys who, I know maybe a lot of people here haven't heard of me, but I, you know, working, working with me is, is a four figure investment. And so this is a, definitely a way for people to it's like $500. It's a way for people to, to have a chance to basically access the conversations I have with clients and obviously having long-term access to that. So yeah. Right. Awesome. Awesome. And where can people find that? 
Um, it's going to be at uh, patstedman.com slash masterclass. Okay. So we can just put a link with it later on. But... Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I think that's that, that very interesting. Yeah, it's a good comment.